When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Emily Castle, Marcel Louis, Jacques, Israel Gutierrez, and in his Around the Horn debut, Kevin Clark. Huzzah! Welcome, Kevin. Yo! There it is. What's going on? Today, just when everything was coming up, Cowboys, Trevon Diggs out for the year. What it means? And one of the great weekends in college. Get your board ready. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Bama, Colorado, Oregon. When you look into those sunglasses, what do you see? Let's go around the horn. You see yourself because they're the most mirrored sunglasses I've ever seen. Omaha. Kevin Clark is the host of This Is Football from Omaha Productions. It's a must-listen podcast. Previously, all things football for The Ringer and The Wall Street Journal. He's Orlando raised. He's forged by the U. Kevin, you've got seven seconds. Tell us your life story. Start at the beginning. Leave nothing out. This one's easy. I was born in Orlando, Florida. I've been watching this show since I was a kid. I am thrilled to be here. And the 2009 Orlando Magic are the most underrated team (laughs) of the last Whoa, that is a hot take. All right. But you've seen the show before. You know how it works, right? Here it is. Your first mute. And it comes at the expense of the Orlando (laughs) Magic. Let's go around the horn. Niners 30, Giants 12. What you saw from San Francisco is where we start. They became the league's first 3-0, of course. And Brock Purdy continued his 10-0 start to his career on games he started and finished as the defense ate on the scuffling Giants. For a spotlight on Purdy, a bit of an inaccurate start. And he had those yakky pickups, as did their offense. And strong final numbers. Kevin Clark... Right out of the gate, around the horn to you. Do they seem like the best team in the league right now? Are there any weaknesses? They're not the best team in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys are. I think it's a very bad sign for the New York Giants. Every time a team plays the New York Giants, we ask if they're the best team in football. Seems like a bad sign. Um, I will say this about the San Francisco 49ers. Their weakness is Brock Purdy, but everything they have around them negates that weakness. Uh, Over 200 yards uh, uh, came after the catch last night. Uh, Their blitzing from the Giants was basically irrelevant by the time the second half came around. Brock Purdy came into that game 26th in the NFL in EPA when facing the Blitz. He carved them up last night, 247 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I think the fact that Kyle Shanahan with Brock Purdy is a top-10 quarterback makes the Brock Purdy story more significant. Tony Reale coached me up earlier today. We sat, we, he schemed me up, he, he figured out how to dominate. That's not going to take away from my story when I win later today. All right, all right rookie, slow down a second. Incredible answer, but that gets you on mute. Marcel Louis-Jacques, I turn to you. Are the Niners the best team in the NFL? I'm not sure if I'm ready to call them the best team in the NFL. I'm down to call them the best team in the NFC. However, Dallas is right there. Philly is right there. But I think that San Francisco is just so complete at every level, every position. And when it comes to their quarterback, I mean, he's like the perfect puppet of Kyle Shanahan. There's a lot 
Worst coaches you could be a puppet for. Purdy just unflappable in the face of a blitz. He moves slow but methodical. It's like he never panics. Like If that's your weakness, I think you're doing just fine. It's also the best front seven in the league, one of the best secondaries in the NFL as well. And a scary sign, they committed six penalties for 71 yards last night. And still won 30-12. to 12. This is the fifth most penalized team in the NFL right now. And even when they beat themselves, they're still going to beat the crap out of you. Israel, when we focus on San Francisco, do you see any weaknesses? The spotlight on Purdy? The downfield pass? Hmm. Do you see any weakness? I think when we assess the 49ers, we're all kind of Daniel Jones looking at that Niners defense like, I don't know what to do here. Like, you look everywhere on the field. You've got a Bosa here. You've got a Warner here on offense. You've got a Trent Williams and a Kittle. And you've got McCaffrey. And you just, what do you do with this team? And you sort of look at the big picture. And I think Kevin's right, although he did spend a little bit too much time in the pocket there himself. Uh, he's right that Brock Purdy <laughs> is the team's weakness. You've got to find a way to expose that, though, because everything else is so strong. I'm not sure if this is the way to do it, but I do think the best way to do it is to stack that box and try to take away that running game. Now, I understand that teams have done that in the past, and frankly, with two running backs, a lot of the times they are going to see a bit more of a stacked box, but I'm talking about committing to that. I'm talking about taking away as much as you can the McCaffreys and everything short and just say, hey, Brock Purdy, even if you have an extra second or two, can you make that deep ball pass constantly? Can you make those chunk plays constantly? And if the answer is yes, then I think we've got a problem with the 49ers because there is no weak spot but if we're going to expose it you've got to figure out a way how and I don't think teams have done that just and Emily Kaplan take away from San Fran last night are they the best do they have a weakness come on guys recency bias it's Friday and they played on Thursday night they're the best team in the NFL but I would say that they played on (laughs) Sunday too and you know Kevin you were talking about Brock Purdy being their weakness but he's doing the one thing that you have to do when you have a team as talented around him and he's not turning over the ball since his last interception he's thrown for 1600 yards 10 touchdowns and has an 110 quarterback rating that's exactly what you need from him just solid play and even in a game where he was a bit overwhelmed by the blitz early where he didn't have his go-to target in Brandon Ayuk he found a way and it's because his guys were so talented around him breaking the tackles getting those extra yards after catch so they're the best team are in the we NFL calling Ayuk their the go-to target they've got about seven different he's their favorite target. targets he's his favorite target he loves them Clark That's back in after the horn no, I'm gonna be mean to him 2.3 seconds release time for Brock Purdy last night. Fastest of his career. That's all he needs to do. Just get the ball in the hands of his playmakers. Let the system do the work. Mm-hmm. Easy. Rookie. Easiest job in football. Rookie's got the bleed after the first topic here. Let's move on now. College. Say it with me. College. A dream week. Half the top 25 playing each other. You're going to be locked in for 12 hours of commercial non-free <clears throat> football. And you know where we start. Colorado at Oregon. Ducks, a 21-point favorite. The over-under is north of 70 in some places. And no Travis Hunter for Colorado. I had an entire panel early this week say Dion doesn't have to win this week. David Dennis Jr. said they could lose by 60. It'd still be the biggest story at a college football takeover. I don't know about that. But when you look into those sunglasses, Israel, what do you see? What could Dion in Colorado possibly be capable of this week at Oregon? 
I mean, I see a spread that still believes that this is last year's Colorado team. Look, I do think Oregon, high-octane offense, clearly. Last year, great. You know, obviously beat Colorado 49-10, to 10, a completely different Colorado team. This year, so far... They have better defensive line depth, but I haven't seen enough. It's certainly not against a Hawaii team. Enough to say that that defensive line last year that couldn't get a lot of pressure is suddenly going to pressure Shador Sanders into a situation where he's going to shut down that offense. Yes, I do think that Colorado can struggle against Oregon's offense. I think they could give up 40-some-odd points like they did to TCU. But what I'm certain of is Shador Sanders is going to keep his team in the game. Okay, Even if he does get sacked a few times, he's, he's gotten sacked 15 times. That's the fourth most in FBS. And look, they're still 3-0. and So I think with Given a little bit of time, giving him enough time to create, they're going to keep themselves in the game. Could be a high-scoring game, but I don't see them getting blown out. Marcel Louis-Jacques? Yeah, a 21-point spread? This is outrageous. I'm more impressed with Puddles the mascot during Oregon's 81-7 win over Portland State than I am Oregon the football team. And again, 55 points hung up on Hawaii. That's fine, I guess. But the only thing I'm concerned about is they needed 20 points in the fourth quarter to beat Texas Tech by eight. That's their only real power five team that they've played this season. And yeah, Colorado's defense might struggle, but as Izzy said, Shador Sanders has proven time and time again that he can air that thing out and he can keep his team in the game. One thing I'm really interested in, though, can Colorado's defense get any sort of pressure on Bo Nix? He's been sacked one time this season. It's not something he's known to have handled well when people are in his face. If they can get him off his game, we might be talking upset there in Eugene. So that's two panelists now who are giving Colorado a real chance here against Oregon. Kevin Clark, to you. Well, it's a short flight from Oregon to Las Vegas. So after Colorado covers, Dion gets to fly to Vegas, find a bookmaker and say, do you believe? Because they're going to cover, but they're going to lose. The talent gap is just massive, <laughs> frankly. Um, if you just look at recruiting rankings, which you can, uh, you can use the portal or whatever, Oregon has the 10th most talented roster in college football. Colorado is in the 30s. Uh, Oregon, just as a snapshot, has four times more four-star recruits. Four times. That's significant. The talent gap is massive. What Dion has been able to do is unbelievable. It's a literal college football miracle. It ends this weekend. Emily Kaplan. Kevin, let me show you how to impress Tony on the show. As the only panelist who was in Boulder this week speaking to student-athletes, <laughs> these are my findings. Uh, I, I do was love there that. and what they were telling me. Yeah, he does. He does. Let's keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, they were just talking about what a business atmosphere that Dion has brought in. It's turning over the entire roster. That's something you see in the NFL. It's the fact that the guys that he brought in are really the only guys that are taking advantage of NIL. But this is a business trip, and we're going to see how professional they are. And it's a challenge when you're without Hunter, a guy that's a Heisman conversation guy who's playing 88% of your snaps. It's not like losing one player. It's like losing two players. I think they're going to have a hard time going up against a team that has averaged 58 po 85 points, 58 points. It's a lot of points. I keep getting my numbers confused. <laughs> okay. Israel, last word on this. Well, I think the good thing for that Colorado defense and the coaching staff is I think, I think there's a good amount of tape on Bo Nix in college. Yeah, I hear you. But are you picking Colorado? That's what we need to know here, Israel. You walk to the line. Are you picking them? Sure. I'll take Colorado to upset. Oh, no. He's so, so casual about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. There we go. We'll move on. More college. Give it to me. College. Ohio State at Notre Dame. Number six versus number nine. These two do not play often. To have this matchup now in September. Marcel, who's the better team going in? Who will be the better team going out? This one's tough, Tony. In situations like these, I like to look at two things who's got the coaching advantage and who's got the quarterback advantage. 
despite his accomplishments, I don't know if I'm ready to call Ryan Day that much better of a coach than Marcus Freeman, but I am ready to say Sam Hartman is a better quarterback than Kyle McCord. The college football's leader in touchdown passes through his first four games. I'm going to take that guy, the one who wears his own rib over his neck, more than the guy who played (laughs) high school football with Marvin Harrison Jr. And one more thing. This is the first time that Notre Dame has scored 40 or more points in all four of their first four games since 1900, when they played three high schools in their first four games somehow. What were the standards back then? So I you know. believe the offense here for, the, for Notre Dame, and you believe the quarterback, Sam Hartman, is what puts him over the top Saturday. Frank Clark, how about, I'm sorry, Kevin Clark, how about you? <laughs> uh, so I agree. Uh, you want to talk about modern college football. Uh, Notre Dame went out and got a quarterback because they were going to have a quarterback problem. Ohio State did not do that. Alabama did not do that. Georgia did not do that. What do they have now? The best deep ball passer in college football. Eight touchdowns uh, over over 20 yards. That's significant. It's going to pay dividends. Notre Dame's a legitimate playoff contender, not a fake Brian Kelly playoff contender. They might win a game. Emily Kaplan? Forgive me, Father, I'm about to sin. I'm a rival Big Ten school about to defend Ohio State. They've, like, lowered in the rankings, and all they've done is handily beat the three teams in front of them, allowed 10 points total in three games. Sure, they don't have a quarterback advantage, but they are more talented all across the field, and I feel like Notre Dame's got a big game problem. Andrew Gutierrez. Used to be where Notre Dame would need to run the ball to open up that passing game. They don't have to do that anymore. Hartman is not only throwing the ball, but throwing the ball deep. Uh, 11, of four, 11 plays of 40 or more yards there. Uh, I've got Hartman over McCord in this one. I think Notre Dame will win. I think the inexperienced for Ohio State at quarterback will do them. Loaded schedule. I mean, Florida State versus Clemson, Kevin. I heard you rip it on that right before we sat down. Please give me your hot take. If Florida State wins this weekend, punch their ticket to the playoff. It's, it's over. over. It's September. You see? The rookies got hot takes. Fire Cell will be next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. NFL Week 3. Cowboys-Cardinals will be Dallas's first game without Trayvon Diggs. Let's talk about it. Two games is, is nothing. It's not even a sample size. But the way this Cowboys defense looked against 
uh, the Giants and the Jets. This was 85 Bears, 86 Giants, 2,000 Ravens, 2,002 Bucks vibes, wasn't it? So now what the injury does, as he'll miss the entire season with the torn ACL, and what's the workaround for the Dallas defense? Kevin Clark, how does Dallas go forward without Diggs? Are they going to be in trouble without him? It's going to hurt. I thought it was fake, but I looked it up five different ways. The passer rating against Diggs this year was one, a single digit, one. Uh, that is right. pretty good. However, here's a couple other stats. They had more pressures against the Giants than any team has had against anyone in two years. They have seven Cowboys who have had at least five pressures over the last two games. They know how to create havoc against a quarterback. The best way to get a good cornerback play is to destroy the quarterback. They can do that still. This is not a season killer at all. And as you said earlier in the show, they're still your number one team in the, in the Clark Power Rankings. Isn't that right? Okay. Marcel Louis-Jacques on what this team might do to work around the loss of Diggs. Like, there's a reason why the first two highlights back from commercial were of Micah Parsons. As long as that guy is healthy, as long as Tank Lawrence is healthy, this Cowboys defense is not going to skip much of a beat. That front seven is still ferocious to the point where you only need replacement level secondary play. Diggs, as awesome as he is, is a luxury. He's a dessert. He's the cherry on top here. But they might switch from going from more of a man-heavy scheme to zone-heavy. And that's going from number one uh, against quarterbacks, number one in QBR, to number three in QBR. So I think they're going to be just fine. Again, as long as 11 and 90 are on the field, this defense is going to cause Israel problems. Gutierrez, are you as uh, laissez-faire as our previous panel? <laughs> I do think they're going to play less man. They've played the most man when, when, uh, when Jigs is out there. It's basically 60% of the time. Uh, but that's because they also have Gilmore there, and they have that front seven or that defensive line that makes you feel confident in playing man, regardless of who's really out there. So uh, it does probably affect Dan Quinn some, and he's probably going to have to play zone a little bit more. But again, when you can pressure the quarterback that much and you have that type of luxury, you have those options as a defense coordinator. You're not going to worry mm -hmm. you too much. Everyone's still high on the Cowboys, Emily. You? I'm sorry, I need to go back to what Marcel said. Obviously, as a Penn State alumna, I'm watching Micah Parsons there, but I saw Trayvon Diggs as a one-man wrecking crew in most of those highlights. I mean, you can call him a luxury, but over the last three seasons, no defensive back has allowed quarterbacks to a lower rating. How is that a luxury? So I think they can get through the regular season fine. Of course, they've got the pass rush. Of course, they've got depth. But this is the type of loss that hurts you when you get to the playoffs, which is where the Cowboys really need a win. Just when everything was looking perfect for Dallas. Well, you get the Cardinals this week. You can still look pretty strong no matter who they threw out there we'll move on 9-0-2 somebody's got to win this weekend right vikings play the chargers but knowing them they'll probably tie but somebody's got to win this weekend the carolina panthers will have to start andy dalton at seattle they've declared bryce young out with an ankle he hurt monday night some thought it was on a tackle frank reich seems to think they don't know when it could happen you could miss one to two weeks pre-draft there was so much focus on his size whether he can handle NFL hits. Emily, how big of a problem is it that Young is already out by week three? I think it's kind of a problem, especially mentally. Look, I'm not going to call him a bust. He's on a bad team, but he showed me nothing to get excited about in those first two games. And especially if Richardson, who could come back in week four, and Stroud look good, we can start saying, did they make the wrong decision at number one? Are we looking at another Mitch Trubisky situation? And what does that do for this young guy mentally, if that's the conversation we're all having? Israel Gutierrez? 
It doesn't matter where you were drafted. Not every good quarterback is going to come out of the box on fire. And like Tua Chungavailoa just was benched recently in favor, a couple years ago in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And look at him now. So I don't think it's too much to say Bryce Young, whether he is benched or whether he's hurt, is any reason to make this assessment, oh, he's a bust. I think you can go ahead and take your time, sort of make sure we know what his strengths are, and then put him back out there, you know, when he's capable. Absolutely, Chuck. Yeah, I'm more concerned with why Panthers OC Thomas Brown said his ankle injury didn't impact his play, but it's still bad enough to hold him out of today. Not freaking out. Rookie quarterbacks are supposed to struggle. Don't let the Burrows and the Herberts of the world get it twisted. This is normal. Not worried about Bryce at all. I think the greatest tragedy in football is when a young quarterback is failed by his franchise, and a pressure rate nearing Daniel Jones' territory is that after two games. I know it's a small sample size, but they have to do everything in their power to protect him, especially if he can't take those hits because of his frame. I'm officially worried. You are. Is there any thought that some time away to slow things down might benefit him here, miss a week or two, and, and he would be back to a clean slate, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, he needs to take some hit, fewer hits. He needs to uh, maybe understand maybe a little bit more about the NFL game. But I think he's going to be fine as a player. But I think generally right now he just needs to sit, be healthy, and, and come back in a few weeks when, when he gets more uh, – when, he, when he's got more runway. Runway for the rookies. They'll be in showdown. Kaplan, Gutierrez, the Vets could do nothing to stop this. Marcel Louis-Jacques, Kevin Clark, that'll be our showdown next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Marcel Louis-Jacques and Kevin Clark in Showdown. Good luck, gentlemen. Interesting game this NFL weekend. 1-1 Bills at the 2-0 Commanders. The Bills are a touchdown road favorite. You don't see that often. Marcel, who needs to show you more Sunday? I'm going to go with Washington. Yeah, they're 2-0, but those are one-score wins over the Cardinals and the Broncos. And even the Broncos win had some controversy with that two-point conversion at the end. I think a win here is going to go a long way for Ron Rivera in proving his value to the new ownership group. Casey? The Bills need to show that week one was a fluke or else Bills fans start to panic. Sam Howell holds on to the ball forever. If they can't get sacks, the middle of the road and pressure rate through two weeks, if they can't get sacks against Sam Howell, something is wrong and they're not a Super Bowl contender. I need to see something with the Bills here. Point. Clark will move on. NBA's new flop rule has a new word, okay? They have an acronym now created for quick and easy adjudication, and that word is STEM. Secondary, theatrical, exaggerated movements. Kevin, is STEM better than flop? And we love this question because we just get to show the greatest STEMs and flops of all time. Is STEM better than (laughs) flop, Kevin? No, you cannot yell STEM. You can yell flop, though. Having said that, I want to see more props here. If we're going to exaggerate it, let's have more flags, challenge flags, Belichick-style stuff. But STEM is not better than flop. 
Bring back Marcel Louis Jacques. <laughs> Why are we treating this like Voldemort? Like, call a flop a flop. Yeah. We don't need an acronym here. Yep. It's cool that coaches get to challenge it, but I think players are just going to get better at acting. I agree with you both on the ruling here. Last week, Marcel, you knocked off a rookie. Bill Barnwell. This week, Clark gets the better of Louis Jacques. Kevin Clark, congrats on your first win. Uh, shout out to Ron the Horn for giving me this opportunity. Uh, I've wanted to be on ESPN since I was like three or four years old and understood what TV was and what sports was. I think the first Sports Center highlight I ever saw was Joe Carter hitting a home run against the, uh, the Phillies to win the World Series. And ever since then, I've wanted to be on this, this channel, wanted to be on this show since I was in middle school. Appreciate it. We'll take the opportunity for granted. It's a little dream. I love you guys. Congrats. All right. Don't be a stranger. Your first win. Come back Monday. Coming back? Or... Thanks, guys. We'll see you. I'll be there.